I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. NPR's Hidden Brain combines science and storytelling and uses them to understand our unconscious choices and biases and how these can shape our behaviour. Here's a recent example I enjoyed that explores the way that babies can communicate without using words. This is Hidden Brain. I'm Shankar Vedantam. There's a video on YouTube you might have seen. It has nearly 200 million views. In this video, a pair of twin brothers are standing in a kitchen having a little chat. These twin brothers are diaper-clad babies. Now, if this video featured 10-year-old twins or adult twins, I guarantee you it wouldn't have gone viral. What makes this video special is that we have no clue what these babies are saying. To us non-babies, it sounds like gobbledygook. Cute, mysterious, gobbledygook. Here at Hidden Brain, we love trying to understand the puzzles and contradictions of human behavior. But we spend most of our time talking about the older members of the human race. Today, we focus on the younger set. The much younger set. I find babies are so impressive. We can't really ask them what they're thinking. We have to come up with clever ways of figuring out what's going on in their little brains. We'll meet some of the researchers trying to decipher the behavior of babies. Oh, oh, you, oh, that's a ball. Yep, you're right. Do babies understand us when we're talking to them? That's a ball. You tried to say ball. That's great. And how babies communicate, even if they don't have words. <laughs> the language of babies, this week on Hidden Brain. The show visits a childcare centre and a lab to see how very young children use non-verbal communications like music and dance to understand the world around them. Here's Hidden Brain's host, Shankar Vedantam, again. Music and dance aren't the only ways adults and small kids communicate with one another. There's another language that actually sounds a lot like language. The traditional way of looking at babbling, um, even as recently as 15, 20 years ago, was really that it was just motor practice, that it had no bearing on later language. It was just something babies did to exercise their mouths. This is Rachel Albert. I'm an assistant professor of psychology at Lebanon Valley College in Anvil, Pennsylvania. She studies infant language development. Those quote-unquote traditional views on babbling? Rachel says, toss them out. When babies babble, um, they're indicating that they're either um, in a heightened state of arousal or by actually babbling, they're increasing their arousal level. 
and putting themselves in kind of this optimal state of, of being ready to learn over and above than if they were just quietly looking at an object. Rachel says babbles have a certain je ne sais quoi. Bonjour toutes et tous, je m'appelle Madame Macron. When she hears Nous a baby babble, she's taken back to high school French class. And I had one of those immersive French teachers who would only speak French in the classroom. And so it was really like being dropped into a, a non-native environment where you have to kind of figure things out. I vividly remember that she would come into the classroom and she would um, start talking and Rachel, tu as l'air de the qui whole ne class would kind of have blank stares of panic um, as she would go. And so she'd start slowing down her speech Par and pointing and labeling particular objects in the room. Vous êtes au bureau. So she would, in French, be kind of pointing and saying, you know, are you sitting in a desk? Regardez le bureau. Look at the desk. Here's a desk. Voici le bureau. And kind of repeating those key vocabulary words until we started to figure out, oh, okay, this is the word for desk. Bureau, bureau, bureau. And I thought, well, this must be somewhat similar to what a baby experiences, right? Where there's all this conversation going blah, around. Blah, blah, blah. Um, they start blah, to become blah, active blah, communication blah, partners and trying to blah, engage blah, in that blah, world. But how do they make sense of it? Parents often see themselves as the know-it-all French teacher and the babbling baby as a clumsy student. Rachel says this framework is the one that's mostly used in studying infant language development. But the baby is playing as much of a role in this interaction as the mom. By changing the way that they babble and what they're looking at might actually be changing their opportunities for learning because they're changing what the parents say. It's kind of a, what we call a social feedback loop. So when the baby babbles, mom responds. The way mom responds actually will change in real time what the child says next. And they go around and around in this conversation, influencing each other. There's a word to describe a back-and-forth exchange where the thing that one person says affects what another person says. This feedback loop of communication and learning is what we call language. Babies make as many as a 1,000 vocalizations every day. On average, parents respond to about 60% of these babbles. Even just silently responding, if the mom just acknowledges the infant's vocalization with a touch, leans in, smiles, and touches the baby, the infant will immediately, within the span of just 10 minutes, start to produce more speech-like vocalizations. So that just that nonverbal feedback, that acknowledgement of the baby's vocalization, changes in the moment how they're babbling. Rachel says that when babies are babbling, they are more receptive to new information. Parents can take advantage of this by having conversations with their baby. And one rule of being a good conversationalist Stay attentive to what your partner is saying. So parents that are um, just talking constantly about irrelevant things that aren't what their child's looking at. For example, if a baby's looking at a ball and I'm talking about this, this cup over here that I'm playing with, well, you're actually providing mismatching communication, uh, mismatching information for them. That's going to make it harder to learn. Rachel says if you listen closely, babbling often falls into four distinct categories. They have different sounds and they elicit different responses. The first type is called QRV. QRV is the, the least mature infant vocalization, so it sounds for quasi-resonant vocalization. And so it's those really kind of um, nasal, creaky, eh, kind of 
sounds that a lot of times parents interpret almost as fussing. The second type is called FRV. So that's a fully resonant vowel, and um, around three or four months, the baby's vocal tract opens up, and then they're able to produce those more open, um, kind of adult-like sounding vowels that kind of have those O's or ah quality. Um, and so parents recognize those as more speech-like than those first creaky nasalized vowels, and so they're more likely to respond to those. The third is called MSFR. So that's a marginal syllable, and um, babies will start around six or so months um, throwing consonants into the mix. So you can hear in that sound there's kind of a DJ kind of J sound, but it's it's a slow, drawn-out transition between when the consonant stops and when the vowel begins. And the pinnacle, the pièce de résistance, if you will. So that's what's called a canonical syllable. And um, those are those nice babas and dadas that parents naturally associate with babbling. And so babies start regularly producing those um, pretty frequently around nine months. Um, and parents react very strongly to, to these canonical syllables. Um, they hear them as the most speech-like. They tend to often interpret them as approximations of words. So, you know, in that example, if a baby was holding a ball, um, a mom would be very likely to respond, oh, oh, you, oh, that's a ball. Yep, you're right. That's a ball. You tried to say ball. That's great. To Rachel, these different vocalizations are endlessly fascinating. Now that she knows how to tell apart the QRVs from the FRVs and the MSFRs from the canonical syllables, she simply can't stop herself. On my wedding day, I remember very distinctly, I was in graduate school at the time and knee-deep in coding this all the time, spending hours listening to these different sounds. And I remember being up at the front of the church about to say my vows and hearing some babies out in the audience babble and kind of immediately coding it and going, oh, that was a marginal syllable. Um, and then thinking, no, focus. This is this is a very important moment. You're supposed to be attending to, to what your pastor's saying. Um, but I couldn't help but have my attention pulled by the baby in the audience and, uh, and trying to code what she was saying. You don't have to memorize all the jargon to take away something valuable from the research. Just knowing that when babies are babbling, they're ready to learn, that can be a useful takeaway for everyone. NPR's Hidden Brain. And that story, Baby Talk, Decoding the Secret Language of Babies, was originally published on May the 14th, 2018. And thanks to NPR's Jenna Molster for her help in sharing that story with you. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.